0: Welcome back to another episode of Tips and Tricks with your favorite destination coach Danielle Shelton. Today with us, I have a very special guest, Miss Marcia Van Weinsberg. How are you doing, Marcia? I am great, thank you, Danielle. Nice to be here. Yes. Okay. So we connected on Podmatch, mm-hmm. and uh, when we connected. I was able to read your bio and I was like, I gotta have her on because every single thing that you wrote are things that I can connect to. And I feel like everybody can connect to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us who you are and tell us what it is that you do. Mm, Great question.
1: I am a, I like to call myself a storytelling trainer. I'm just finished my master's in NLP. I'm doing my trainers in NLP. So I'll be teaching people the tools of NLP. And all of that is combined with a speaking and podcasting, I have two podcasts and have published a few books. And I'm all fascinated about learning how to share stories and helping people Mm. to share their stories, share their authentic message, who they are, the unfiltered piece. And it almost always comes into a piece where it's wrapped up in the most difficult stories that we've walked through. The ones that we don't like to share with others, the ones that we hope nobody ever finds out about are actually the stories that connect us to each other.
0: Yes. You know what? I get a little like, I don't like the the new age of like oh i started out and this happened tragedy struck and now i'm better and they skip over the whole <laughs> the whole middle and it's like we need the we need the middle we need that we need to see what happened in the midst of that thing because mm-hmm. otherwise people become jaded and they think that life happens that way they think it happens like trauma, tragedy, and then magically you're over it and you're healed. And it's like, no, it doesn't quite work that way.
1: No, speaking of trauma and toxic, I think what we're seeing in the online space is actually a bit toxic personally. Yes. Because I think we're sending that message that it's like, you have trauma, you do this and then it's better. And then when the majority of people are looking at messages like that. They're thinking, okay, well, obviously I can't do it that way or what is wrong with me? And
0: mm-hmm.
1: no, that is not, it could not be more from the truth in my own opinion. And I think that what we're seeing in the online space is missing what actual vulnerability is. Yes. The big piece of what I like to share on is like vulnerability is not the trauma vomit. Vulnerability is how did it affect me? Yes. That's what I feel like is missing. And a lot of people will get into this space and share all the gory pieces and all the parts of the story and the trauma and detail when it's pointing to everyone else, that's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is sharing like, what did you experience? What emotions did you go through? And how did you find your way through? Because really we're all mirrors for each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so the more we can show ourselves, then that allows others to see themselves in our story. It's not about the pieces. It's about like the emotions and what did we go through? And then the beautiful thing that happens is you will find yourself connecting to people who didn't walk in your story and you didn't walk in theirs, but you connect and relate to the emotions that they experienced. And that is the piece that I feel is missing.
0: We are absolutely missing empathy, being able to just see someone in pain and it doesn't have to be my pain when I can connect to the pain that you're in
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: it is 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 such a and I'm seeing it more and more and more but that's also what we're being programmed to do right it we're is. being programmed to not be empathetic to not care about anybody else's feelings to only focus on myself and my truth and it's kind of like there's there are other people I always like to say that there there are other people that exist in this thing. And the goal is to really help the other people. So I want to go to the title of your book. It says six-time best-selling author. The title of this book is When She Stopped Asking Why. First of all, love the title. (laughs) So give me the backstory. What's the backstory of this title and what is this book about?
1: Well, thank you. I will receive that because I know when I came up with the title, my publisher originally was like, that's too long of a title. I'm like, nope, that's the one I was just, I knew it was the one. And the reason is, is that I share my story as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse to the point Mm -hmm. that. It's the kind of story nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to even pretend that they have issues and we just sweep it under the rug. And I did that for a long time until I basically was going down with the ship is the only way to say it until I realized that this is not serving me. I can't live this way. I can't fix, manage, and control everyone. And it's not my job and I'm losing myself in the process. Mm -hmm. So I really threw a lot of work and a lot of counseling and support and groups. And I mean, we tried so many different things, which I'm grateful that we did. I started to share my story. And as I started to share my story, it actually helped me to heal and recognize that, oh, wait, I'm not alone. And as soon as you can give a voice to a story shame can't survive. Right. And we all know, like, just to be real for a second, who's applying the shame. We're doing it to ourselves. We're Correct. doing it to ourselves. So when we can add a voice and create a voice for our story, we can start to share it. And so I started to share my story in a collaborative book and a couple of chapters. And then I did it in a, a few stages and it started to grow and I had this calling to write my own story. And nobody thought that was a good idea at the time. We're just going to share. Nobody did because everybody's afraid of how they're going to be portrayed in the story. And I didn't know what I didn't know. Thank God. But mm-hmm. when I started, I just really shared my story. It's a very vulnerable story as what do you do as a parent when your plan doesn't go according to plan, which is always, it's just always, right? Right. Life doesn't go according to the plan that we set up, because if it did, nobody would ask for difficult challenges. Oh my
0: goodness. I say that all the time. I tell people all the time, my issue with the world's definition of manifestation is we will never, we will never manifest struggle, right? We will never be like, oh, I want to struggle. I want hard. Like we would never manifest that. (laughs) So that, so I take a little bit of issue with the world's definition of I'm going to manifest this, but you don't want the stuff that comes along with, with growing that like manifestation doesn't just take place. There's a growth process and people just want the flower, but they don't want to root it.
1: Oh, yes, exactly. And they don't even want to see that the rooting process took a decade. Like nobody wants to do the work. We want the end result. And again, back to stories, a lot of times, like we will compare ourselves to someone's chapter 20 Mm -hmm. and think, I can't like, why can't I do it that way? Well, I'm like, you haven't even written chapter one yet. Like you, you can't do that. That's not an apple to an apple comparison. And I also feel that this is again, my own opinion, but if you're on chapter 20, don't forget that you had 19 other ones that led to that. And don't be afraid to share those chapters because a lot of people want to know how you got there. Like you didn't get there by, by manifesting it. And I know you hit the word and I love this. This word always can make me go off too, in a sense, but manifesting is you're exactly right. We don't look, we, nobody wants the difficult, challenging things. And I heard Mel Robbins say it and it hit me and I loved it is that we're all busy manifesting the 10 year plan, the big vision and all the things we're Mm -hmm. thinking it out. We're working it out in our head, but what we're not doing is we're not visualizing all of the times we're going to fail in between. What are we going to do? fall and get back up? What are we going to do? She goes, so you want to visualize like running a marathon, like you can sit on your butt and actually visualize the end point, but if you don't have a run, it's not going to matter. Right. Right. And she's like, you want to start to really improve, visualize running on the crappiest days, visualize when you're tight and sore, visualize when you're tired. And that just hit me. It's like, you know what? You're right. You have to really think about the trenches in between and how you get there. And so when it comes down to when she stopped asking why it's exactly as it sounds, my life changed when I stopped asking why. Yeah. I was a victim for a long time. And it's actually even kind of a default for me that I can fall into that victim space easily. Mm-hmm. And I I recognize it in others because I live there. So there's no judgment. I can see it. But we also know no change happens when you're in victim space. So I lived in that space for a long time replaying the questions. Why me? Why us? Why them? What did I do to deserve this? Obviously I'm not a good person, blah, blah, blah. And when I stopped asking why, and I changed my why questions to what that's Mm -hmm. because what is an action, right? What's an action. And I still, to this day, again, slippery slope, As soon as I catch myself, it's like, no, Marsha, what? Like, what can you do next? Because the why is never going to change my life. And it was an interesting time because Simon Sinek's book was all about the why. And my publisher was just saying, you know, everybody's asking about the why and you're saying not to. And I'm like, yes, because when we're talking about difficult situations, the why is never going to serve
0: you. Yeah, and that why creates... a a bottomless pit right and you're just throwing things into that pit trying to figure out what what happened i i did it with our teenager she struggled with depression heavily and we couldn't we try we did counseling we did psychologists we did group we did all it was we did family therapy we did individual therapy and it was just it was such a long road and we tried when i say everything we tried everything mm-hmm. and she got to the point of self-mutilation and it was just like that is for me when i really started to i'm not going to get emotional that is, that is when I really started to be like, why can I fix this? Why is this happening? Why is she? And then I started to do, you know, once, once you start the why, like, it's like a a whirlpool, right? And you like, you go down fast. Yeah. And so then I was like, like, why is she doing that? Why is she making these choices? Why is she? And then I just kept saying, and then I turned it on myself. Right. And then I was like, it must be me. It must yeah. be what I said. It must be what I did. it must be the way I parented. it must be. and even though there are other children and they didn't face this particular struggle, I just was like it must be and I'd named a million things that had nothing to do with with her situation. but that why took me all the way down and in the midst of her battling, it took me down. Mm-hmm. completely I, completely completely down and completely like it was a level of depression i hadn't been to in a long time mm-hmm. and one that i learned as i came out that like wasn't even about me no it's thank you for
1: sharing all of that and i think like again here's another example of stories and connecting because i i was in very similar situations. And even though our stories are different. And I remember, I think that, I think part of the problem is that as moms, we we believe that we have signed this contract somewhere that we are 100% responsible for every single thing that happens in our house. It's our job to keep it smooth.
0: Yes, It's our yes. job
1: to keep it all, Like we take it all on. And when things don't go right, then that must be our fault. And, and not, I live there until I took myself down to such a low point that I scared myself. Cause I thought, I don't even want to be here anymore. Like, I don't want to yeah. watch this yeah. anymore. I don't want to be here. And that shocked me to be in that space for me, but that's that was a reality. And as you said, I think this is an important point. I mean, I had my checklist of all the things my counselor said to do. Yes, and I was just like a, I was like an A plus student. Like I did it all, and I'm like, okay, but I good, I did. See, I did everything you told me to, but I still have the problem. Mm-hmm. And they're saying they were saying at the time, yeah, well, that's not your problem to solve. And I'm like, but what am I supposed to do with that? I'm a mom, and they're 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 minors. Like I don't even understand. So it was a very dark time to navigate mm-hmm. and it took almost losing myself to realize that I, I, I don't think this is it. And as this counselor said to me, she said two things that if they ever came back to me, I needed to be a springboard and I was nothing but a pile of quicksand. I couldn't serve anybody. She goes, you can't even oh, serve. Wow. Yourself. Yeah. That was a, that was a light bulb moment. Cause she was right. She was hundred percent right. And then secondly, she, she said, you know, you've been searching for answers. You're, you're looking everywhere. And I'm like, I am constantly searching everywhere for answers and nobody wants to talk about difficult things. And she said, maybe that's because you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this moment of thinking, well, that's crazy. Like, what am I going to just stand up and tell people my story? And that's essentially what happened is I started to do that. And I was healing, like I, it wasn't a business. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was just literally trying to heal myself. Yes. And as I started to do that, I started to find my voice. And then the feedback would be coming in of people who had heard me speak or read the book and said, I like, that was my story. And I've never told a soul that was 40 years ago, watching people hold on to shame stories for decades was crushing. And it became a point maybe this is actually what i'm supposed to do is start to talk about difficult things and then out of that my solo book and my own podcast and a second podcast and multiple books i couldn't have predicted where it is now but I couldn't get to here without coming through the most difficult stages in between. And again, back to what you said in the very beginning, Danielle, nobody wants the stuff in between. No. Well, I, people say it all the time. I wish I could publish a book. I wish I could be strong like you. I wish I could do it. I'm like, well, be careful what you wish for because I had to walk through the worst days of my life to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And no, it's not a a space of saying, be grateful for all of the mess it's cause that's hard when you walk through difficult traumas to sit there and be grateful, but I am grateful that I have learned and changed so much and that I get to do the work I get to do now. Do I wish I could have learned it by reading a book? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm human, but that's not how it works. But you wouldn't and have learned it that way. <laughs> never.
0: There's no book that would have taught it. No book. You no, read no. the book. And then when you get to the parts of the book, you don't like, you're like, Oh, skip, skip. <laughs> good enough. I got the point close the book that's that's kind of how that's what I wanted to that definitely is what I wanted to do like I got the point but isn't that 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 is like life Right now, uh, my husband and I, we, we are doing well, but we weren't always doing well. And it's so funny to me that there are some people that meet us now. They're like, oh, you, you know, you guys, um, you guys don't understand what struggle is like because of where you live. And I'm like, you don't know that we used to sleep on the floor. <laughs> oh, like, wow. In an awful apartment <laughs> yeah. with almost nothing, with no furniture, like that people don't see the beginning and no. they don't understand the middle. No, They just see, and this isn't even the end. They just see where we are in this space. And mm-hmm. I always have to tell people like, you're just, you're seeing work that has been put in 12 years ago. So you're exactly. seeing, you're seeing 12 years is what you're seeing. You're not seeing year one, you're seeing yeah. year 12. And when we look at our teenager and she's in college now and she's doing well, people are like, oh, she's doing so good. I'm like, you're seeing year 18. <laughs> you're that. missing the
1: ones in between, right? You're missing. Yeah, what a great example, because I do think, I think that it, maybe this is just a permission for anyone who's listening to don't fall into that trap of comparison mm-hmm. and looking at someone else. And please know that everybody always has a story. Like it's always Even when you look at them and think, you know, they look like they've got it all together and it's all easy and it's all good. I promise you, they walked through a lot of stories to get there. I mean, I pick up most autobiographies. The people that you admire the most walk through challenges that you don't see. Maybe they don't talk about it anymore, but we all have them. And what that means then is, is that everybody can create change in their life. Mm -hmm. It requires consistent commitment work all of these things but it's it's
0: possible for anyone and you can't manifest change it's not something you can manifest (laughs) you have to you have to do it change is is active you have to actively be involved every day all the time you can't just have a vision and envision and do a vision board and change happens it's just not that's not what takes place you have to have action and actionable steps and consistent actionable steps and be okay with some of those steps not working.
1: No, it's, you've nailed it on the head. And I think that's such a big thing is, is that your mindset is incredibly important. Like if you don't think it's possible, it's not. And if you don't think you can change your story, you're right. Like whatever, whatever we believe is true so mindset is important but mindset without action is is nothing it's it doesn't it's not going to take you anywhere and we learn so much about ourselves in the process of you know the action steps and we have to let them be messy we have to learn from them and then you know we we do it differently next time it's it's the action is where it's at and that's where you can create so much change so people say well i'm afraid I don't have confidence. I don't have this. And I'm like, well, it all requires action. Like, what if confidence, I love confidence and courage. If you call them a verb, they're because they're a verb, you can create it. You can build it by doing something. You can't sit your way and think about being courageous because that's just
0: not going to take you anywhere. So it's the action steps that always comes down to that. So. Closing us out, because this has been so good. What do you have coming up next? What is next for you?
1: I have a few things coming up next. I am just finishing up my trainers in NLP. And the reason I'm doing this is because these tools have been so helpful for me Mm -hmm. to really solidify my voice. A lot of healing. I still had a lot of healing to do, and I did not realize that. Um, because I was a doer. I spent my whole life as just do it. Right. And then I'll, right? <laughs> And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, I skipped a bunch of steps in between mm-hmm. that I needed to do. So I use the NLP tools with myself and with my clients and I'm creating my own certification. I was oh, called outspoken because outspoken is like what would change in your life if you could learn to find trust and use your voice. Like what would happen? Could you share that story? Could you publish? Could you start your podcast? Could you do um talk from the stage? And it's really right up the it's kind of <laughs> it's brand new and it's it's always scary to start something new but I also feel like I've been in training for this for 10 years. Mm. So this is the next direction and that will be starting in early 2023. So people will be coming um, out with like board certified NLP tools they can use wow. with themselves and their clients. So that's a really big vision that's I've been huge. working on Yeah. It's big. It's a, it's, it, it's not small feat to create a certification, but again, my gut has led me here and I'm just trusting that this is, this is the step. And then, um, we also work with my, so two podcasts, my current podcast on your choices on your life has, um, grown tremendously over the last, um, year or two. And then my second podcast is with my friend and, um, co-host Sue, And that's called Everybody Holds a Story. We have published our first collaborative book sharing body stories, body stories of transformation, change, growth. And then with that, we also, like I said, we have our podcast and we are launching solo and collaborative books at the same time. So all roads do lead together, but it's a whole bunch of different things. It's all about learning and helping people to heal their stories, share their stories, speak their stories and really lean into their true authentic voice
0: yeah because when when you speak it speaking it gives gives it power and takes shame away and i i learned that through the process of dealing with my daughter i was so ashamed that i would not talk about it and then once i started talking about it yeah I was like, okay, this is where the healing is. But it was painful to talk about it every time.
1: (laughs) No, 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 I'm with you. It was very painful. I was very painful. Um, And that's the piece is that shame can't survive when, or yeah, what was it said? Sorry, shame can't survive when you speak it, right? So Mm -hmm. shame loves secrecy. And I did the same as you. I was very quiet for a very long time. And as I started to open up and share, I was so scared. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Wait, this is other people too. And all of a sudden we recognize that the only person that's feeding our shame is ourselves. So we can change. Oh Mm
0: -hmm. my gosh. I love that. We can end right there. (laughs) This has been so so helpful and so fulfilling. I just, I I am full tonight. There are are recordings that I do where sometimes I walk away and I'm like, oh, that was really good. And then there are some that just hit Mm -hmm. in a different spot in my heart. And this is definitely one of those ones that I connect to on an emotional level. And I just thank you so much for being a guest thank you for sharing your time and sharing your story and sharing your resources. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully collaborating with you again, however I can, even if it's with sharing my own story, I, I look forward to it. Oh, I
1: honestly, I believe that this is not a coincidence. I, I, I'm so grateful to have been able to share on your show and support your listeners. And I thank you for openly sharing as well, because again, we just, we are giving people permission that we haven't even met yet Mm -hmm. that they can change their story. And I, I just think there's so much power in this. So thank you for allowing me to be here and for sharing
0: the way that you did. All right, guys, this has been another episode of tips and tricks With your favorite destination coach, Danielle Shelton and Marsha Van Weinsberg. We'll see you guys later.